The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. Simakas with the delivery. Could be a chance for Minamino. His second goal of the night. And Liverpool starting to look good for the quarterfinals. The dream of a quadruple rolls on. Jürgen won't entertain the suggestion, but it is still alive. So after bagging a first trophy, Liverpool easily brushed aside Norwich to make it through to the quarters of the FA Cup. I'm Steve Hothersall. Today's Red Agenda welcomes James Pearce and The Mirror's David Anderson. And uh, James, the first time that Liverpool have got to this stage of the FA Cup under Jürgen and I think we're all pretty pleased about it. Yeah, it was all about just maintaining momentum, wasn't it, on the back of what happened at Wembley last weekend and... You know, and I think I think there was always that nagging fear, wasn't there, that it would be a case of after the Lord Mayor's show and that the kind of the the physical and and the mental fatigue of and the all the emotion that went into last weekend, there was always that danger that would have an impact, and I think that was why we saw Klopp make so many changes with only Jordan Henderson retained from the starting lineup, and I don't think it was a game that will live long in the memory. I think when the highlights reel of this season's put together, I don't think. I don't think there'd be too many minutes of highlights from from Liverpool v Norwich in the FA Cup. Yeah, it was just a case of job done, wasn't it? I don't think there's much point in picking apart what was wrong and the fact that Liverpool failed to, to kill off a tie which should have long since been over. It got a little bit nervy late on, but um, yeah, no doubt overall Liverpool well worth their place in, in the quarterfinals. So cometh the cup game, uh, David. Cometh Takumi. Minamino, uh, the man for that occasion, smashes home a double just as he did earlier this season against Norwich. Yeah, he certainly likes playing against Norwich, doesn't he? And I think like James talked about there won't be too many highlights, but I think certainly his two goals, and in particular the second one, the way that he just hits it with the outside of his right boot, the way that moment and that was a, that was a pretty special moment. And look, this is very important because if Liverpool are really going to push and challenge on three fronts now, they've already got the League Cup in the back, they're going to need the players like Minamino who played the other night to step in because obviously he can't play his first 11 in all these big games so he's going to need to make maybe three four five changes a match so he's going to need the people who step in uh, to, to, to perform and I think that's what was important last night I think a lot of people got minutes under their belts which are going to be very important now when they sort of come in they're not going to be as rusty they're going to be able to you know get up to the pace of five Liverpool play and as you say Minamino was was the one who stood out I thought Curtis Jones in the first half as well was impressive I think it was noticeable when he went off at half time that Liverpool struggled a little bit in terms of, sort of what they were doing with the ball, really. Uh, and I say a lot of other people, you know, got good minutes as well. It was good to see Simicast do well. Jota got a few more minutes as he continues his sort of uh, return to 100% fitness as well, really. So I think those were sort of the main sort of positives come out of it. Because I say these guys are going to be needed, you know, when, when, when Klopp sort of makes changes because he can't play them all every week. James, you've written your piece today about um, Tacky, and it's interesting you mention in it that you know he perhaps would feel aggrieved at not being involved in the League Cup final, but he's sort of a selfless guy who's, who's got on with it. And you can understand that, but it's a strange world that himself and maybe the likes of Divock Origi live in. Yeah, because I think you know usually when, when you're not getting much of a look in, it's because you haven't been producing the goods when you have played, but that's, that's not been the case with Minamino this season. I think his stats are... Are incredible, really. I think I was looking at it. He's only played eight hundred ninety-one minutes across all competitions, and he's he's scored nine goals. Um, you know, he's outscored Lionel Messi this season. Yet he's you know him and Divock Origi 
are, are essentially Liverpool's sixth and seventh choice attackers. You know, as if trying to get past Salamane, Firmino, and Jota wasn't hard enough. Then he saw Liverpool spend fifty million quid on on Luis Diaz at the back end of January. But yeah, to, to his immense credit, he's never become demoralised, has he? I think, and he's getting better. I think that's the other thing is that. You know, as good as his two finishes were last night, the second one especially, in terms of his all-round contribution, that was his best performance for the club. In terms of, you know, I think when he had played probably last season, when he had when he played in the first half of the season before he went out on loan, there was always that feeling that he wasn't quite physically capable of of handling himself, and that he would get knocked off the ball by players and wasn't able to look after possession as well as clock demands from one of his attacking players. But that's completely changed. I thought is. You know, I thought everything about him, you know, oozed class against Norwich. Yeah, I think, you know, he, he probably did have more reason than anyone to bemoan not being involved at Wembley because he contributed so much to Liverpool being there. You know, he was Liverpool's top scorer in the League Cup with four goals. He's he's their top scorer in the FA Cup this season now with, with three goals. No one in Liverpool's history has scored two goals against the same opponent in both domestic cups in the same season. Um, so a little bit of history for him there. Yeah, and you you wonder you do wonder what the what the future will hold for him. I think for Klopp, he's just the perfect squad option, isn't he? It's just a case of does Minamino reach a point where he wants to he wants to play more often, or is he happy being at an elite club like Liverpool, but in the knowledge that his opportunities are likely to to keep being pretty limited. This is the brilliance of Klopp's management, isn't it? He's got such a large squad, so much quality, David, and yet somehow he manages to keep everyone involved infused at the best part of their game, even when they're not playing. Yeah, that takes some skill. And you're right, you know, just reflect on the squad last night. You know, it is the best squad Liverpool have ever had, really. Like, I know that was good maybe sort of two years ago when they were winning the league and then before that won the Champions League. But sort of now when you were able to make those 10 changes and you're looking at that team and you're thinking, you know, that's not like the traditional cup teams Jürgen used to have to put out where he's literally just trying to fill a team sheet when he just says, look, I, I just don't have the bodies. I can't play the same players. But... You're right, he has got that competitive element. And I think, Steve, as well, Like you know, let, let's not forget that this team could possibly win three more trophies this season. I think we all know that everybody can't play every game, so there's going to be opportunities this season. So it's all about you just sort of keeping yourself sharp, keeping yourself in it. And, you, you know, you could be part of something historic this season. And I think that in itself is a wonderful motivation if you're a player, really, because this team could achieve something that could be spoken about for sort of, you know, decades, generations to come, really. So it's a very exciting time, and I think Klopp's great. He's got them all motivated. He's got them all wanting to be part of it. There's nobody sort of looking at themselves thinking, oh, I should be playing more games or on to the Asian right, get me out of here. Obviously, there will be people who will leave in the summer. You know, that's inevitable. You always get that at the end of every season. But right now, everyone's wholly committed to sort of doing the best and trying to help Liverpool make the season successful as it can be. We'll talk quadruple hopes in, in just a moment or two. Um, let's just pick out a couple of players from the game from last night. Curtis Jones obviously forced off with an injury, but in the time he was on James, we saw that quality. He almost replicated his Everson goal. Yeah, it was a real carbon copy, wasn't it? It almost, almost have been identical patch of grass, I think, he was on when he... Unfortunately, you know that one that he whipped past Jordan Pickford, this one... Beat Tim Krul all ends up, but but clip the bar. But uh, yeah, I thought he was him and Minamino were by far and away the the pick of Liverpool's team in that first half. So yeah, yeah, I just you know we just hope just hope it is only a minor thing. Klopp said afterwards it was a a precautionary measure taking Curtis off that he, he felt some tightness in his thigh muscle. Um, so they thought right, you know, no risks. We'll we'll, we'll bring on Harvey Elliott. 
because he, he's had a real stop-start season, Curtis Jones. You know, he's been in and out. You know, he had that that freak eye injury that kept him out for a long time when he got poked in the eye in training. Um, but you know, when he when he has played, I think we've all seen like that undoubted talent that that we know he's got, which which always gives that Liverpool midfield something different. I think as well because he you know he has this natural confidence where he he always wants the ball, he always wants to try and make something happen. And yeah, I thought I thought he was great in that first half. It was just a real shame that he couldn't have kicked on and, and got ninety under his belt because he he really you know really could have done with that to to stake a claim for for the coming weeks. Yeah, and and a shout to Joe Gomez as well, who personally I, I feel plays better as at centre half. We've seen him at, at right back, but I think last night we we just saw his quality. There was one moment where he gave the ball away, which almost ended in a little bit of a bad affair. But actually, overall. I think that was a decent display from Joe, who's, who's desperate to try and cement some sort of foothold, isn't he? Yes, Steve. I, you, you do feel so sorry for Joe Gomez because Joe Gomez basically needs games. He needs a consistent run of games and then you could see him get back to the levels he was before, sort of bad injury. But it's just this catch-22 situation in Liverpool, really, where you can almost see the established pecking order of centre-halves where it's sort of a, a Van Dijk and then a sort of Matip, stroke Kanate, maybe Kanate three and then sort of Joe's four. And it doesn't leave a lot of sort of game time now. Now, over these next sort of two months, there could be more opportunities because it's just a sheer hectic schedule Liverpool have got. But it's one of those where he, he just needs that run of games and then you can see him get back. But I say he can't really get it because, of course, come the big games, which are coming thick and fast for Liverpool, you know, Jurgen will always go with a different centre-half pairing. And um, it's tough, as you say, you see him sort of getting used as a, as a makeshift right back. And I know James Milner played that last night. And you think that's just not his position. It's hard for him to shine and do what he wants there. And, you know, it's difficult as well because you get these sort of erratic opportunities where you just sort of end the team then you're out for three or four games and of course it's very hard for anyone to sort of look great for those 90 minutes because you're not match sharp you're not match fitness you can obviously have the fitness from the training ground but you don't have that sort of match sharpness you can only get from sort of playing regular games really but again it's positive to take from it it's encouraging for him and you can only hope that say you know over the next sort of say two months of these ridiculous games every three days that he will get more opportunities and that will help him you know maintain his, 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 his consistency level Right, so many games. Let's get on to the idea of a, of a quadruple. How far-fetched is it, James? Players um, very much after the League Cup final were preaching one down, three to go, sort on quite a few of their social media accounts. Is it far-fetched? Is it achievable? Uh, well, yeah, I still think it has to be classed as far-fetched at this point because there's still so many hurdles in Liverpool's path. I think... I loved Trent Alexander-Arnold's attitude last week, which was, why not? You know, we're, we're still in all four, you know, why couldn't we do it? Whilst, you know, in stark contrast, you had Klopp at the start of this week saying it's crazy to even talk about it. You know, and he, I, I think he made a good point where he said, you know, when you look at Man City's resources and you look at the squad they've had and they've never managed to complete a clean sweep you know, despite all the, you know, the, the things they've got in their favour. Because it's it's incredibly difficult because, you know, especially the next few months are just going to be absolutely relentless, aren't they? With, you know, the you know, already you've got a situation now where going through in the FA Cup now moves the Manchester United home game. So that becomes, you know, another midweek slot in April. You know, there's going to be, you know, touch wood as long as everything goes to plan against Inter Milan last week, uh, sorry, next week. You know, you're looking at, you know, another another two-legged European tie in April as well. So, do you know what? There's no harm in dreaming, is there? There are echoes for me of 2001 and, 
you know, when Liverpool won the League Cup and then you speak to anyone that was involved in that Houllier team and they always talk about, you know, the most important result of that, that season was scraping over the line against Birmingham City when, you know, they made hard work of winning that League Cup final because it was like getting that first one under their belt. You know, they had the taste for it. They really kicked on. So, yeah, I, I certainly don't think Liverpool have finished this season. I'd be absolutely amazed if they don't add to the Carabao Cup. But, yeah, I think it's still a massive ask to go and win all four. I think I'd settle for three. <laughs> No one's ever done it before, David. Of course, James mentioned 2001. United had 1999, didn't they, with the, with the league, the FA Cup and the and the European Cup. The quadruple hasn't been done. That isn't to say it's impossible. It's not impossible, but it's sort of like 99.9% all like it. And do you know what it comes down to, Steve? <laughs> and, and it's not about ability. This Liverpool team are obviously capable of winning the Champions League, the Premier League and, and the FA Cup. Do you know what it comes down to? It's like luck and... It, sometimes it's just like things on Sunday. No, the Lukaku offside goal. You know, if that, you know, if that's just sort of given. You know, if they don't sort of rule that, then that one's gone. And it can come down to little things like that. You know, where you can, you you know, look at that Leicester game for example, or the season where they lost, where it was just one of those nights. You know, Mo Salah misses a penalty and they have all the chances and they don't take him and then they get mugged and they lose one nil. And you know, it just takes something like that. You know, in a knockout competition. You know, especially the FA Cup, and, and you're done for, really. But it is very difficult. As you say, you only have to look at all the great sides previously. You know, like Liverpool couldn't do it in the 80s. United got close, and I'm thinking 2008 when they, they lost, was it the FA Cup quarter-final at home to Portsmouth, and Fergie was absolutely furious because he knew that was their chance of, of immortality. And, you know, City last season, I think they got within three games of it, but like even they could not maintain that high performance level. You need to be sort of almost perfect every day, really. So... Like as James says, the important thing is, it's no harm in sort of dreaming because it's all about that confidence. You know, if you go out there thinking, oh, we can do this, you know what I mean? And like, that's got to be a positive thing. Obviously, the manager's got to counter that by not let anyone get carried away, not let anyone get distracted, not let anyone look past uh, West Ham on Saturday night thinking about, ooh, quadruples, ooh. You know, instead of thinking, you know what, all you worry about is just beating West Ham on Saturday night because that's all you can sort of think about. But I think... You know, just having that ambition really it just sort of shows where the confidence levels are, and that, that can take you a long way. And David, that's why the manager doesn't like being asked about the quadruple because he he doesn't want to go against his mantra of you should only be interested in the next game. And look, they're all the same. You know, Pep was the same last season. Managers, they always sort of shrug it off and say, "Oh, that's for you guys to talk about. It's not for us." You know, you won't hear any of that sort of talk inside. You know, there's even the old cliche story usually written about this time about usually a manager just a fine if anybody just mentions the word double, title, quadruple, whatever, <laughs> and, and, you know, and then training around the ground because they see it as a sign you're taking your eye off the ball. And look, look, we get that because, but like as fans, the fans will be dreaming. The fans know that they're witnessing something very special. Like this team's already made history and there's just that feeling now, which is growing, especially since Sunday, because Sunday was such, such a massive, massive result. Like I'm, I'm struggling to think of a League Cup, which has meant so much to Liverpool, you know, all the, all the previous eight victories really. And you just think something really special could happen this season, really. The, the problem that comes with it, and you both mentioned it, is what, we've got about 20 matches left, maybe a couple more than that. It's going to be a rate of almost a game every f four days, James, which is about as tough as it gets in this period. Yeah, and it, you know it, it ties into what David said before about needing luck, and that is going to be true as much as anything, not just within games, but also in terms of the injury situation, because... You mentioned then, Steve, about you know Klopp dismissing any talk of a quadruple. He was, you know, it was you know, a couple of weeks ago. You could tell he was really agitated by questions about, 
you know, having a fully fit squad because he was like, well, no, stop asking me. You know, he ba- his attitude was basically stop asking me about it because we're just tempting fate. Why, why you keep asking me about, you know, how amazing it is to have everyone fit. And then sure enough, within a couple of days, he'd lost Jota and he'd lost Firmino. And, and, he, and, he, and he did reference that in his following press conference, you know, the fact that you know, it, was almost, it was almost like he was almost saying that, you know, because you'd gone on about it, that inevitably led to us losing a couple of players. And, and we talk about this amazing depth Liverpool have got, which is absolutely true. They've never had depth on this level when you look at, you know, the ability to, to win a FA Cup tie like that whilst effectively resting their entire starting lineup. But when those games come thick and fast at the end of a, what's already been a, a really gruelling season, you know, it's inevitable, I think, you're going to pick up injuries along the way. And that depth will be tested once again, especially you know, against really tough opposition in the latter stages of the Champions League and then in the pressure of a Premier League title race where, you know, we you almost know with the way City are that, you know, there is no margin for error, is there? I think Liverpool have got, what, five Premier League games now before they go to the Etihad and they're probably going to have to win all five to to really stay on, you know, City's coattails and, and ensure there's something massive riding on that game next month. So, um, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's a hugely exciting time to be a Liverpool fan and to be a player and to be on the, the staff. But I think what kind of impresses me was, you know, the, the way that they dealt with last weekend and the fact that, you know, yes, there was, you know, great scenes in the dressing room and on the pitch. But, you know, once they were on that coach going from Heathrow to Luton Airport and then flying back, it was very much right switch on. It's all about Norwich in midweek. You know, I don't, I don't when you've got players of the, you know, the calibre and the experience of, Jordan Henderson and James Milner around. I don't think there was there's ever any danger of anyone getting carried away with with winning one trophy. You know they they, they want so much more and um, yeah, fixed scheduling, needing luck, you know all the rest of it, injuries. You know they they'll have big parts to play in the coming months, but you know to a large extent Liverpool do have their destiny in their own hands. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn, so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot. Probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Obviously great to win last night, but I'm just going to pick up on something Jürgen was asked about on ITV, who are covering the game, and that was his contract. So speaking before the game, Jürgen was asked about his future and admitted that he doesn't know if he's going to remain at Anfield beyond 2024. He said things take time, we we need time. It's a timely reminder, if you like, uh, David, that whilst we are absolutely loving this period and you know seeing the rise of Liverpool, there's no certainty that the man at the helm is actually going to be there after the next two years. No, and I know 
fans will say, well, why not? Why don't just stay, stay on, do it again? But, you know, he lived on nine years. And I think you need to appreciate how much it takes out of these modern managers these days. Like management has changed beyond all recognition from, say, 25, 30 years ago, where it was always almost not nine to five, but you could certainly reduce the hours. And there was there was plenty of downtime around it. Whereas nowadays it is literally nonstop with the, with the training, the preparation, the analysis, talking to your scouts about targets, etc., etc. And then, of course, the whole emotion and, and anguish of actual standing on that touchline during their, all these matches, really. And I think it's had it in his head that he would go to 2024. He's always spoken about previously about, you know, this sort of notion of possibly managing Germany in a World Cup and you know what I mean? That the, the World Cup's going to be in 2026, going to be in sort of the USA, stuff like that in the back of his head. Maybe that, that would be quite a nice thing to do. And of course, by then, you know, he'll be what, nearly nearly 60 as well. So he could see what he sort of planned that. But then, of course, I think as the time gets closer, it'll be interesting to see what he actually feels. Because when you're, like, you know, we saw this with, with, with Fergie, it's sort of, what was it, back 2002? And he had made them a right, you know, I'm going to get to 69. Then before it turns 7, that's it, I'm going to stop. And that'll be it. And then they got towards the time. And then they're all saying, well, why are you stopping? You can still go. And I think, with Jurgen, it might be a case of that as well, really. It's a sort of, you know, you get there and you think, you know what, I, I can still do this. I still feel refreshed. I still feel I'm recharged after every season to do that in the summer. And there's still more things you want to do because what, when you're gone, you're gone. That's it. The chapter's finished. The book is closed. There's, there's no more trophies that can be won. There's no more, you know, you can't really add more to your legend and your legacy. And so I think that would be maybe be a factor in the back of his head as he gets closer to 2024. You know, does he still have that hunger and desire to sort of keep going? Or, or it may be a case where he said, you know what, I've, I've done everything I can do here. I feel exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it is. And I just need I need the break. But I'm so happy with what I've achieved in my nine years. I think you've perfectly broken that down. James, it, from what David's saying there, it, it would seem like maybe it's going to be a very late call from the manager himself as to whether he does stay on. Yeah, and well, I think also that comes from the top of the club in terms of, you know, FSG, you know, John W. Henry, Tom Werner, Mike Gordon, they will be massively respectful of Klopp needing as much time as he possibly wants to make that judgment call. And, um, you know, I think, it, you know, it goes without saying that there's, you know, if they had their way, he would already be under contract for another five, ten years because, you know, why on earth would you not want Jurgen Klopp to be manager of your football club? For as long as you possibly can, but certainly, you know, up to this point, there's been no indications from Klopp that that he was, you know, was looking to talk about a new contract. If he was keen to talk about an extension, that would get sorted out incredibly quickly. But he has always said, hasn't he, that that he would that he'd promised his family he would take a break from football in the summer of 2024. He's always said that you know there was no chance he was going anywhere before then. You know, he's always been quite dismissive of of any talk around his future because I think he he just he's just wary of it isn't he of he doesn't want it to become like a a sideshow and a any any kind of distraction for for the club or or his team. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what does happen. Yeah, as as David said, I think you you can have all these grand plans, but you know, I I think a lot will depend what happens in the next couple of years and whether he feels like he does have the energy and the hunger and the desire to to keep going because it is it is massively draining. You know, he gets paid handsomely for his for his efforts, but um, it's all consuming that role. You only have to look at the pictures of Jurgen Klopp when he walked in in 2015, and and Jurgen Klopp now to see you know just you know how all consuming that that job is. You know, what are, what to, are you, you know, saying, James? You've had a is he looking drained? <laughs> <laughs> well, just saying he hasn't aged as well as you, Steve. The, um, but no, he's. Yeah, it's obviously, whether he likes it or not, the closer and closer we get to the summer of 2024, it will become 
more of a talking point, you know, and, and the discussion will shift to, is it going to be Pep Linders? Is it going to be Steven Gerrard? Is it going to be someone from left field? But yeah, when people talk about, you know, is there a plan in place? You know, what about succession planning? I think the honest answer to that is, no, there's not. Because why would you possibly be putting plans in place now for the summer of 2024 when ultimately, as a hierarchy, you're, you're desperately hoping that Jurgen Klopp decides to, to stick around longer? And Jurgen, if you're listening, despite what James says, I think you look absolutely great at this uh, this moment in time. My thanks to uh, James Pierce. You can read his piece on Takumi Minamino on the site right now. And David Anderson, terrific as always, uh, from The Mirror. And thank you very much for listening to The Red Agenda. So many games to cover off at the moment. And we'll be back with you next week with another massive week of Liverpool action on the horizon. See you then. <laughs>